Good morning. Who knows what day it is? It's Sunday. Anything else? Father's Day. Yeah. I was really delighted to see that my Sunday came up on Father's Day. Uh, you know, I, I like the tradition of Father's Day. I like the tradition of Mother's Day. And I have to say, I think, in fact, I don't have to, I'm not just guessing at this. I actually read this last week. I don't remember. It was someplace on, it was a news article. And it was that, oh, I always forget to do that. Sorry. Uh, that mothers, uh, mothers get more on Mother's Day than fathers get on Father's Day. But I'm really okay with that. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I don't know. There's just something manly about sucking it up and not, you know, just saying, okay, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Catfish Sunday? Oh, cat oh catfish cabin or top of the river is opening at eleven because it's Father's Day. Oh, that makes sense. Well, maybe not. Uh, in fact, if uh, judging by the two boat launches in Southside, you know, one on the south side, the new one on the south side side, and the older one on the Rainbow City side, I'm going to say there are a lot of fathers who aren't in church right now. But none of my business. I'm not. <laughs> Well, I don't. I'm, my money's not going on that. But in any case, it is Father's Day, and um, and the thing is, and I was looking at at like Facebook this morning. Now I look at Facebook probably every day. I don't post much on there. Um, because, well, mainly because if you post something on Facebook, you have to take a political stance and do a bunch of stuff. And Right, I'm not too keen on that. Uh, because I, my stances are more nuanced than what's allowed. I mean, you have to join this team or that team. And, you know, that's neither one of those are my team. So... Uh, <coughs> That's one reason. Um, but what I'm going to do is uh, I am going to post something later, and that's going to be because it is Father's Day, and I want to post something that has my father in it. And um, now my f father died many years ago. Um, and he lived uh, an extraordinary life. He was uh, born in 1916. 
he had polio when he was six months old, so he never really walked. Um, and he was, he was from a large family, middle-class family in South Carolina. <clears throat> and he, uh, so in, in one sense, he always had to depend on other people. He had crutches that he could get around in. And he wouldn't use a wheelchair until, I remember I was probably about 15 or 16. And... Uh, then he agreed to because he kept getting bursitis in his elbow from walking on the crutches. But, um, but he, he would do extraordinary things. For example, when he was in high school, and he went to Chiral High School, um, he started a band. Now, if it's 19, what, 34 or something like that, um, you're not starting a rock and roll band, right? So he, he was starting a, a dance band, and he was the lead singer. Uh, he moved to Columbia to go to the University of South Carolina, and at that time, there were no handicap access, you know, laws or even facilities. So in order to go to class, he had to walk up and down the steps and stuff on his crutches. Uh, and he got, his, he got his degree from uh, University of South Carolina, and he paid his way through school because he's going to school in the middle of the Great Depression. And so he, um, his father was a merchant, ran a, a general store in Chiral. And so he's extending credit to all these people who've been good customers for years. So they don't have much cash. So he's, he goes and he starts, I mean, he takes this band and he, he tours all over the East Coast. And uh, so this is up until about World War II. When World War II comes along, now he, of course, can't be in the service, but, um, but he, you know, some, several band members go into the service, and so he had a, a successful career as, as a band, you know, with his band, and uh, he, then he, he, he graduates. Uh, when he goes to the law school there in Columbia, uh, they find out he's got this band and that they did not allow that they said no nope, you're going to have to put all your attention on becoming a lawyer and going to law school so he basically quit law school and uh and toured and stuff uh, and then ultimately he decided it's time to get serious and he decides i'm going to be a lawyer so he goes and he moves to uh, Macon, Georgia, where my brother lived. This is after the war. And my brother had been in the, I mean, his brother had been in the Navy during the war and now was a civilian employee of Warner Robins Air Force Base. And so he, he lived with him, went to Mercer, went to Walter F. George School of Law. He 
got his uh, law degree there, and then he he uh, graduated there, moved to Alabama because he got a job offer here, um, and you know passed the bar exam. Uh, went to work at uh, General Newspapers, which was a newspaper chain, with the Gadsden Times being, you know, the kind of like the, the, what? What is the name of the, what do they call the ship? The flagship, yeah, it's the flagship. So, um, he's there, meets my mom, who's just out of high school, and they get married, and they have six kids. And I'm the oldest of the six. So, um, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things I could tell you about my dad. Um, he had his, his faults, uh, but he really was an astonishing fellow. And so I, when I think about Father's Day and I think about my dad, I want to honor him. And I'm going to do that the, the best way I know how, and that is to post something on Facebook after, uh, after church. But um, now, here's the thing. We can have positive or negative feelings, or both, probably both, about our fathers. And if we are fathers, we also know, you know, not just our strengths, but our weaknesses, I hope. So, this is a day where it's, I mean, it's not a, it's not a Christian holiday. It's not anything, you know, particularly religious, but it is Something that I think is worth some attention. We call God our Heavenly Father. Um, and there are good reasons for that, which I'm not going to go into all that right now, except to say that, where's my, there it is. Um, okay, yeah. The, um, it's, we have to use, I hate to use these big words. Actually, I like using these big words, but it's confusing to some people, so I don't, I'll try to avoid them. We use anthropomorphic terms, like human-like terms for, you know, uh, and the Bible does, and everybody does, because we wouldn't really have any words for it, but that's the one, you know, that's one of the ones. That's one of the really, really strong ones. And uh, so when we do that, when we consider that, that God is, among other things, our Heavenly Father, then we need to, uh, I know that for some people, I mean, my, I, I don't, I, I never really had a problem 
separating the positive from the negative about this idea of the term father. Uh, because I knew that God was not going to have father foibles. No, that, was, that didn't come out as good as I thought it was going to. Anyway, um, the uh, okay. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, so, uh, so I don't. I, I never really had a problem separating that. But I have heard that people have have done that. And here's the thing, because um, I'm going to take a pretty well-known scripture and read it, and we're going to, it's the 23rd Psalm, so uh, let's see if we got it here, okay, all right, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And uh, basically what that means, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It means I'm not going to be lacking anything. I'm not going to be in want. We're all clear on that, right? Okay. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now, the, this is all shepherd imagery. But he's saying that the Lord is my shepherd, and this is what he does. He, uh, he, he makes sure I like nothing. Now, let's just say I may not have everything I want. I've got everything I need. Um, and he makes me lie down in green pastures. Uh, he leads me beside still waters, okay, and uh, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Um, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's a great phrase the valley of the shadow of death because it doesn't just mean a dark place I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me um, you know let's keep going you prepare a table before me in the presence of my of my enemies you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Okay. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now part of the problem with the 23rd Psalm is we've heard it. Most of us have heard this all our lives, or at least a good portion of it. And so when we hear it, a lot of these words just go right by us. You know, I said, oh yeah, you know, I know what that means. <clears throat> and, and we, you know, we probably do, but let's take a look at this. Let's say 
And this could be, we can apply this to, this is how God is toward us. But if we want to be good fathers or good husbands or good anybody in authority, this is kind of a, I don't know, contemporary paraphrase or something. So, I mean, I want, I, want my, I want my son and my daughter to think of me and go, he is my shepherd. You know what I'm saying? I want the same thing from my wife, too. You know, and I want the same thing from anybody who's under my authority. But I also... You know, I, I, I want to be that way towards other people who are in authority over me. But if I say, he is my shepherd, and uh, I won't be lacking in anything, anything I really need, physically, emotionally, spiritually, my life is more comfortable because of him, not less so. Now, I know there are times that God will put us into a place that is not as comfortable as we like. But it's for a reason. And so, my life is going to be as comfortable as is possible in a fallen world. <clears throat> Living with him makes my soul new. He restoreth my soul. All right, we, we say that, we hear it, he restoreth my soul, or he restores my soul. I grew up with King James. So, um, Living with him makes my soul new. He leads me into paths of virtue and character. So his name, which is my name, will be well regarded. Right? So... Even when I have to go into dark, dangerous places, I'm not afraid because he is there. He has his crook staff to help me know where the path is. And he has his rod, which he uses to expose the predators and drive them away. Now, we've said before I mean, you know, you've heard it. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I mean, you know, whatever. The rod and the staff. And uh, we, you may well know what rod and staff mean, but, you know, what's the rod for? What's the staff for? I mean, the staff is to guide the sheep, and the rod is to, you know, keep away predators. But... 
there's probably good occasions to use the rod on the sheep as well. But uh, anyway. Uh, he nourishes me even in the presence of the things that distress me most, the presence of mine enemies. So, uh, and I've thought of that over the years, that the idea of sitting down and, and feasting while the enemies of my soul are looking on, you know, I, I, you know, on the one hand, it's a little bit scary. It's more than a little bit scary. But on the other hand, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. He anoints me with blessing and authority. You anoint my head with oil. Okay? So he anoints me with blessing and authority. That's what that oil is for. He empowers me to be all that I was created to be. Now he's provided the power, but he hasn't necessarily, I mean, you know, I'm not necessarily living up to that, but, but he's provided it. He is extravagant with blessing. I have more than I can ever make use of. Because of these things, I am sure that goodness and love will be with me for the rest of my life. So I'm staying with him. Now, obviously, that was a psalm by David to, to, to excite worship and thought. And this is a very thoughtful, I mean, this is not something that's just up there, let's get excited. I mean, there's plenty to get excited about there, but this is, this is something about the nature of, of the God that we serve. It's also a model that if we have authority and if we are leading his sheep, and some of those sheep are my sheep, not many, which is a good thing, but, but you know, uh, but I want, to, the, I want the people who have been my sheep to be able to say something like that. And so for fathers, this is, that's a little, that's an, a model, there's an outline, there's something you could ponder. Um, for the larger church, that is also an excellent model of how to exercise authority. Because the shepherd, the shepherd, the shepherd's reward 
for doing this and doing it well is a well done. It's the word, well done. It's being honored by the sheep, by whoever owns the sheep, whatever, you know. It's, that's it. It's not about him getting his way. That's, you know, it's not about him being able to tell the sheep what to do and where to go. You know, he's going to do that, but that's not the goal. That's just part of the means. So I think this would work really well for husbands. I think it works for fathers. I think it works for pastors. I think it works for anybody who has God-given authority. And so I do want to honor our earthly fathers today. And they're not, you know, with the understanding that they're not perfect. But they are worthy of honor. That is the reward. Now, I mean, if they're low-life, dirty scumbags, then... You know, fortunately, I haven't had that problem. <laughs> I don't, my dad was, was a really good father, so, you know, I haven't had to deal with that. But the thing is, is whatever honor is due them, give it to them. All right? Whatever honor is due them, even if it's not much, whatever it is, not my call. Bless them with that. Um, in Ephesians, it talks about husbands loving your wives and giving yourselves for them uh, and for the purpose of presenting her uh, as a radiant church and so forth. And then it says... Um, you know, uh, uh, wives, um, honor your husbands and all that. Um, so how does that, how does that all, how does that work? What is the power behind that? Well, the power behind that is the same grace that God bestows upon anybody he gives authority to. So, in this sense, we have a pattern here that we could follow. We have a pattern here that is of a shepherd. And we, we need to take that in. To not be just kind of numb to the words because we've heard it so many times. So, let's pray. Lord, I ask your will for this fellowship, the people in this room, the people who are here in this 
live stream. We ask that your spirit would quicken us to what you have for us. In all these things, Lord, let your truth reign. Open our eyes and our hearts. And I pray for blessings on fathers this morning. And we bless you, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen.